Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Oz. It is the 19th of July. On today's podcast, we're going to be looking into what the report on the Uvalde shooting says. Now a couple of weeks after the mass shooting, it takes a little bit of time to go through the key findings, but it's a worthy exercise. But first, Zara, what are the lead stories this morning? If you've noticed that fuel is expensive, that is unlikely to change, with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers saying yesterday that the temporary fuel excise discount introduced by the previous coalition government in March would be, quote, too expensive to continue. He said that, quote, we can't afford to continue that petrol price release forever. The excise cut provides a discount of more than 20 cents per litre of petrol and is due to expire on the 28th of September this year. Meanwhile, Climate Change and Energy Minister Chris Bowen said that Labor will work cooperatively with the crossbench on the government's plans for a 43% emissions reduction target by 2030. Members of the crossbench that include the Teal, Independents and the Greens will likely push for stronger climate targets, which Bowen has said will be discussed in good faith. The UK could have its hottest day on record this week amid a heatwave that is engulfing much of the country. Temperatures are forecast to reach 41 degrees Celsius, which has prompted an extreme heat warning to be issued in London and parts of southeast England up to York and Manchester in the north. And today's good news, the ACT has announced it will introduce a new target to have 80 to 90% of new vehicle sales being zero emission vehicles in 2030. The government says transport emissions currently account for about 60% of all ACT's emissions. This new target is part of its overall goal to have net zero emissions by 2045. Zara, today we're talking about the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, which happened on the 24th of May this year, where a gunman killed 21 people. Now, over the weekend, we saw a new report published following an investigation into the police response at the time of the attack. Before we look at that report and some of those key findings, can you give us a rundown of what exactly happened there? Just before midday on the 24th of May, an 18-year-old gunman entered the Robb Elementary School in Uvalde. He killed 19 students and two teachers whilst active in the school. The gunman had been in the building for more than an hour before officers finally stormed the classrooms and fatally shot him. This was the deadliest school shooting in the US since the Sandy Hook shooting in 2012. It was also this shooting, and it must be said that there have been many since and many prior, that put gun control back in the spotlight in the US. A month after this shooting occurred, Congress passed a bipartisan bill, meaning it had support from both the Republicans and the Democrats, which is designed to stop dangerous people from accessing firearms. Now, I know that a big focus after the shooting was the actions of the police in that critical time where police had entered the school but not intervened in the shooting. Can you tell us about what the report had to say? Okay, so first we'll start with who actually prepared the report. It was prepared by a special committee from the Texas House of Representatives. And this isn't by any means their final report. It's just an interim report, meaning that the work on this matter isn't yet complete. But what we do know is quite extensive. The report was nearly 80 pages and it made a number of accusations at all levels of law enforcement and identified a number of shortcomings and failures that they say could have saved lives if these tragic mistakes were not made. 
The report also said that authorities prioritised their own safety over the lives of schoolchildren and didn't adhere to the active shooter training that they had been given. The report said that officers on the ground took a, quote, unacceptably long period of time to enter the classrooms, neutralise the shooter and begin rescue efforts. And before this report was released, there was some discussion in American and global media about the failures by the Uvalde and Texas police during the shooting and also how they summarised what happens to families directly after. What evidence did the authors of the report look at in trying to ascertain how the police behaved during the shooting? So the talk about the poor police response that we were referring to, that was largely sparked by surveillance footage from inside the school being released where it showed police officers waiting over an hour to take action against the shooter. In the footage, there's even vision of one policeman taking the time to apply hand sanitizer from one of the school's dispensaries while he waited by the hallway while the shooter was still active. We heard from Dustin Burrows, who's the chair of the committee, about the police response on that day. If you know, and the training and standards we set for officers is if you know there's active shooting, active killing going on, or somebody is dying, the standard is you have to continue to do something to stop that killing or stop that dying. That day, several officers in the hallway or in that building knew or should have known there was dying in that classroom, and they should have done more, acted with urgency. Try the door handles, try to go in through the windows, try to distract him, try to do something. Burroughs went on to say that some officers, in their defence, were denied access to the school or were given misleading or false information, which meant that they weren't actually aware of the gravity of the situation. One of the things that really strikes me in the vision is that there doesn't seem to be anybody particularly in charge. Did the report shed any light on this? This is actually one of the biggest problems that the report identify. And again, there were many, but this really stood out. There was no person obviously in charge. Under the Uvalde active shooter plan, the chief of the local police is meant to assume command of the response, but the scene was described as chaotic and the report found that no person effectively controlled the law enforcement response on that day. The actual Uvalde police chief happened to be on leave during the day of the shooting, so the reins were handed over to Mariano Pargas, who was the acting police chief. Pargas set up a command post, which is a place where he could coordinate his resources around the school, but then left this area to be updated on the situation, which resulted in the command post being abandoned. The report was particularly scathing about this, saying that an effective command post would have transformed chaos into order at the scene, which would have included the deliberate assignment of tasks and management of information. Yesterday, we found out that Pargas has been placed on administrative leave as an internal review of the department's response is launched. It's worth mentioning that last week, after almost three decades, gun reform did pass through Congress, although it was a bit light on detail that Democrats were chasing. It goes without saying that this is a massive issue for the US to face and an extremely complex political environment doesn't help that. That's all we've got time for today on The Daily Oz Podcast. If you want to catch up with the news throughout the day, follow us on Instagram at The Daily Oz. Otherwise, we'll be back in your ears tomorrow morning.